0: Hi, this is the Robberator, and you can support my mad grab for power and the Sword and Laser podcast by going to Patreon.com/slash Sword and Laser.
1: Hey everyone, welcome to the Sword and Laser. I'm Veronica Belmont, and I'm Tom Merritt. Sword and Laser is a book club, but it's so much more. We bring you author interviews this time for real, news from the world of science fiction and fantasy, and awesome discussions from fans just like you.
0: Oh man, and in our what are we nomming this week? Uh a uh, ground-shaking events. A change a change in the weather. <laughs> a change of eras marking the calendar. Veronica, mm-hmm. what are you nomming?
1: I I have switched <gasps> from uh rosé to <gasps> Red box wine for it's, the changing of the seasons. Yes.
0: Clearly, winter is coming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Veronica mm-hmm. switched mm-hmm. to red.
1: <laughs> I
0: actually, uh, I'm right there with you. Not today, but uh, over the weekend, we had port for the first Ooh, time oh, nice. since last winter. So. We're like 90 degrees today. It, yeah, it what's up, back climate up. change, McGee? Yeah.
1: Like, you, it's all, it's like very, very warm in yeah. California, right?
0: It is, it is. It's a little a little too warm for October. <laughs> yeah. Like, LA's never cold in the winter. Like, if it gets down to 40 on a day, everyone, you know, freaks out. Uh, so, it's, but, you know, it gets to in the 65? Yeah, 60s, oh. 50s, stuff like that. Yeah. Fahrenheit. Um,
1: 50s really gets to the 50s in la in
0: in in january and february it'll get down okay in the the 50s um but yeah so 90s in october is a little unusual it it should be 70s during the day 50s at night right now
1: yeah it is fall af up here let me tell you it is like all the trees are changing and it was it was like 15 today um that is in celsius i still can't convert in my brain i know how celsius feels and i know how fahrenheit feels but i can't combine the two so i think that's like in the 60s low 60s yeah that seems perhaps. like
0: like around around that low 60s upper 50s yeah, there. yeah. and it's
1: been raining on the reg and mm-hmm. uh but today was nice no rain
0: it's all maple leaves they're all, all the leaves are maple leaves right
1: it's only only i don't know if yeah. you knew this it's other, actually other only maple. Against the our wall. other leaves are, are outlawed illegal mm-hmm. in bc mm-hmm. yeah.
0: yeah a lot of people don't realize yeah. that
1: <laughs> i what had a <laughs>
0: three cheese frittata
1: that's two cheeses too many how
0: is that, how, <laughs> I'm I'm just how is kidding. any just how is any amount of cheese too much please I'm just explain kidding.
1: i'm just joshing you <laughs> uh no delicious did you was that homemade
0: uh yeah we we did a, a little uh well th- we didn't make the cheese <laughs> Mm-hmm. We 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 bought the cheese slacker uh, already shredded, uh, but yes, we made the eggs. So so we made yeah. the eggs. Mm-hmm. You have chickens. <laughs> well, I guess we <laughs> bought the eggs, but we cooked the eggs.
1: Okay. Yeah. So this wasn't. I was going to be a little disappointed if I found out this was one of your your oven <laughs> made to go meals.
0: There'd be nothing wrong with that. Trust me.
1: No. Oh, why yeah. why
0: why Why would well, that be a problem? i don't
1: know because i feel like a frittata like
0: okay but look at f- look at it from this side this point of view if
1: it was a quiche you're going one through, thing a frittata you're,
0: you order three meals a week right you're going through mm-hmm. the meals and you're like man three cheese frittata sounds good right it's not that you couldn't make it but why not if there's nothing else you want but a frittata menu,
1: is just like i know a frittata so is like the lazy scrambled eggs. That you just flip upside down. Yeah. Right. Um,
0: yeah. So that's what we had for dinner and some, <laughs> some, some sp- spicy Pollock. Like it's a, it's a seasoned s- dried Pollock.
1: What's Pollock? It's a fish. I'm sorry. Oh, it's a fish.
0: Yeah. It's also an artist, but we were eating the fish. Not
1: the- I was, I was kind of like in yeah. the back of my mind, trying to cook up, cook up hey. some kind of Jackson Pollock joke, and I couldn't, I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't make it you happen just in time.
0: The spice. <laughs> oh,
1: but I didn't know what it was, so I think that hampered my uh, yeah my pun making ability in the you, moment. You
0: should, uh, you should keep an eye out for a spicy Pollock side dish.
1: Or are salmon, as far as the eye can see. Yeah,
0: salmon and maple leaves. Do you basically ever you just like throw a stick in a maple stream leaves? out here?
1: I have not. I have not tried yeah, that.
0: I don't know if that's a thing.
1: Well, shall we jump into the Quick Buns?
0: I think we should step cautiously.
1: Jan says, Word X has an interesting article about the best rated books for each country mm-hmm. on Goodreads. WordFinder X looked at books with at least 500 Goodreads ratings from local authors from more than 130 countries and pulled out the one with the highest rating for each one. And while most books aren't genre books, as many aren't even fiction, uh, the best rated book for a U.S. author is Words of Radiance. Wow. By Brandon Sanderson, with a rating of 4.76 on Goodreads. Hmm.
0: that. I want to know it by state now, you know, like the U S is is so big. I I wonder if it's like, if that's heavily West coast, which would be my guess, what is it coastal? Is it a different, uh, where does that break down? Canada is Kukum by Michelle Jean.
1: Well, this is interesting because, because Brandon Sanderson's words of radiance is the highest rated North American book. Um, Okay. Because Mexico's
0: is Los Fantasmas de Fernando by Jaime Alfonso Sandoval. Maybe it's just more ratings in the U.S. and that tilts it.
1: The highest rated book in Cuba is 4.38. The highest rated book in Somalia. This is interesting spread. Yeah,
0: yeah. Especially these countries where you know there's probably not a ton of ratings.
1: Right, right, right. Hmm. Well, this is interesting. Yeah, I like I like data collections Ooh, like this. So. I'm
0: curious about this title. In Zimbabwe, the highest rated title is Our Lady of Mysterious Ailments.
1: Edinburgh Nights, number two. Hmm. <sighs> All right. What's in What's in the United Kingdom is the Botanist by M. W. Craven, um, I have, which I have not heard of before.
0: Wow. Australia, very serious. You wouldn't. You, I don't think of Australians as being like uh so serious but their highest rated Ooh. book is see what you made me do power control and domestic violence by jess hill
1: yowza yeah so this is this is a cool map and it's got a lot of titles i've never heard of obviously because i don't oh, that's interesting dip my toe into nonfiction quite frequently mm-hmm. um but it's yeah this is neat
0: highest rated book in south korea is pachinko which was turned into an apple tv series
1: the highest book in Ecuador is uh, Zoraida Cordova the inheritance of Orgidia Divinia.
0: Oh, nice. That's great. Yeah. Okay, this one has but me suspicious three, about the 3. whole thing
1: 96. now. Why? The, What's The that?
0: highest rated book in North Korea is In Order to Live, a North Korean girl's journey to freedom by Yeonmi Park. <laughs> uh pretty sure no one in North Korea has rated a Goodreads book legally.
1: Yeah, that's that's probably true. Yeah. So how are they? How's that? We've got some sus data here. Yeah, we've got some sus. (laughs) Like, is it one
0: person at the DMZ who got their IP address to ping North Korea somehow or something? Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. That's that's interesting. Mm
1: -hmm. All right. Well, very cool. very will find. Thank thank you, you Jan, for sending
0: that along, Jan. Mm All right, uh, Tamahome. Let us know that Kindle Mobi support ending in November, but not EPUB. Does not affect existing Mobis on your Kindle. That's a screenshot of my email, LOL. So we don't have a link to this. This is just based on Tomahome's email. Tom probably reported this already. I believe I did. Uh, But here's the email. Pub and Mobi are two of the most common ebook formats. Epub is a widely supported format that offers smaller file size and richer formatting options. Mobi is a format that is mainly used for Amazon devices and apps and has limited functionality and larger file sizes. Unless you are using a Kindle or the Kindle app, Epub is the better format for your books, according to Bing's AI, which is ChatGPT. Wrapped in Bing, so that's that's not actually the email. That's Tamahome's uh, paste-in description. So the fact that they're getting rid of Mobi support uh, probably annoying to anybody who's been using Mobis because change is always annoying. But mm-hmm. um, but it sounds like EPUB is the better format anyway.
1: Yeah, it's it's interesting though to use that that over overly wrought um, adjective.
0: Say it in uh, Spanish. It sounds less overwrought.
1: Muy interesante. Sí. Pero que. That Kindle, that Amazon is ending support for their own format, or for a format that primarily—it's yeah, not theirs, yeah. I but it's just primarily—they're
0: the—they're the main user for it. So maybe they're like, wait, we're not getting any help from the rest of the development community on this because we're the only claro,
1: ones using it. que sí. Si. All right. I answered um, you in Korean when you I start know. It Spanish. gets confusing when you start speaking in different languages. I almost said <laughs> so um, John Taloney <laughs> says, uh, e. Taylor tweets. John Taloney says that Dennis e. Taylor tweets, I am authorized to make the following statement, according to Dennis e. Taylor. The Baba First series has been optioned to Lord Miller production <gasps> slash universal. Oh, also, woohoo! Wow. He says. <laughs> Uh, so, you know, we got to always do the thing where we say an option doesn't yeah, necessarily yeah, yeah, mean it's yeah. getting made. Blah, 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 blah. But and so I immediately was like, so this is how I found out about this driving to dinner tonight. Yeah. Ryan says to me, who is a middle aged, white, quirky, fun, kind of like off kilter actor that you like? And I was like, Hmm. Mm. This is no context. And I was like, does he have to be white? And he was like, yeah, he kind of has to be white. And I was like, okay, um, mm, Paul Rudd. And he was like, damn, that's a really good answer. And I was like, what am I answering? And he was like, apparently Bobiverse got optioned.
0: Oh, yeah. Paul Rudd's a good one. And I was
1: like, oh, yeah. Uh-huh. I just came up with the best answer. Can you he imagine really that? Yeah. And especially just after the most recent, I don't want to give too much away if you haven't seen the most recent Ant-Man, mm. but he can he can do that range, I'm just oh, going to say.
0: Have you seen Only Murders in the Building, season three?
1: I have not. Which have he not. is
0: also in.
1: He's in that? Yep. Oh, shoot.
0: I say no more, mm. but. Yes, <laughs> the, the answer uh. to your to your suggestion is yes. Uh, dear Lord Miller Productions and Universal yeah. Studios, uh, pay Make heed. It so. pay heed and, and, and pay Paul.
1: Tomahome says for Jason Siegel. Uh Yeah, I think I still like Paul Rudd better for this personally.
0: It's um, going to be hard. To Jason Segel does Rudd. a lot of good
1: voices. Yeah, is not a bad,
0: bad suggestion. You're not wrong. Yeah,
1: yeah. But I would love I mean, I would just like to. Mm is this, is this too sexist? I would like to just look at many different Paul Rudds in a bar together, <laughs> chatting and having a, this is like a, yeah. a, a weird, apparently fantasy of mine now. That, He's kind that of a, gonna... a
0: fun, I rode in an elevator with him once. Yeah. He was, Though, he was very nice. You know,
1: did you, did yeah. you, yeah. did you?
0: Yeah. Me and, uh, um, uh, uh, Natalie Del Conti at South by Southwest got in an elevator and Paul Rudd was there and we were like, oh, hi. He's like, Hi. And we rode up a couple floors. You got to have a good night. And we're like, thanks, Paul Rudd. And
1: that must was, be so weird to be that famous where like you just expect that yeah. people who get into an elevator are going to know who you are and you have to be like friendly to everybody. That was the that thing, too.
0: He didn't he didn't <laughs> act like, oh, here we go. You know, he just was like, yeah, hi. Was, and we were like, hi. And we were like, clearly knew who he was. And he clearly knew we knew. But everybody was, mm-hmm. you know, he's, he, he wasn't was chill. being weird. And we were <laughs> and he was fine with it. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. That's super funny. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Ooh, it's like you're like one degree of separation away Because <laughs> I from rode from in, in an Rudd elevator. In way, I just, it's not in, an IMDb I that, that I rode
0: in an elevator, though. sadly. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then Scott let us know uh, that Hugh Howey's other upcoming series has a new home. Beacon 23, starring Lena Headey and St- Stefan James, is going to move to MGM+. It was canceled by AMC. Uh, but it's moving to MGM plus, which is a, an Amazon property. Um, and it, and yeah. it means it'll be part of prime video somehow too.
1: Oh, that's cool. Yeah. If it's on prime, I can actually watch that. I don't have, I don't have a way to watch AMC stuff right now.
0: Yeah. And it won't be on AMC. It's going to be on MGM plus. So win for you.
1: Sweet, sweet. All right. Ah, yeah, That's a good one. Um, Okay, that that about wraps it up for our Quick Burns. Uh, We have multiple ways now to uh, post to Quick Burns and Barrier Sword. Um, You can do so either on Goodreads or over on our Discord. We have separate threads slash channels uh, for both of those sections. So if you have stuff you just want to chat about, or if you have stories that you want to share for the broader audience, head over to either of those places, whichever makes you happier.
0: Yeah. But you have to put it in one of those places or we won't see it. I mean, if it makes you happy to write it on your wall, I mean, not going to judge that, but we won't see it. So it may not end up in the show, but if it makes you happy, that's fine.
1: Yeah. So don't be mad at us. Yeah. Yeah.
0: If it doesn't get in the show, that's why we're just explaining.
1: Yeah. Or you can email us. (laughs) Your wall. (laughs) People did email us.
0: You can take a picture of the wall that you wrote it on and then send us the photo by email.
1: Ooh. Ooh careful property damage though make sure you're not a renter in that yeah case.
0: or that you can paint over it
1: we do not condone destruction of property
0: no if you own the wall it's all it's all you but it's all yeah. it's free mm-hmm.
1: fair game fair game I, I cannot be held accountable for whatever your spouse or partner or significant other child yeah. animals anyone Imagine else in your Imagine if your space. child gets
0: in trouble you get you get in trouble with your child for writing on the wall they're
1: like really Really, really, mom. After all these years of you giving me a hard time about this, you had to post something about the Bobaverse on the on wall the si- on on the bedroom Just wall. Just because Tom
0: and Veronica made a joke.
1: Weird, weird.
0: Grow all up. All right,
1: bear your sword. It's our feedback from the audience.
0: <laughs> Terp Kristen uh, wrote in uh, in response to you getting your um, your k wires out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Terp Kristen said. In weird parallelism, parallelism, many years ago, I broke the fifth metacarpal of my dominant hand and had two K-wires in it for a good bit. But I apparently pulled one of the K-wires out on my (laughs) own. And you're going to explain what a K-wire is in a second so we understand that. Because when they went to pull both out, they found one wasn't there anymore. Uh, Oops. I hope your hand heals well, V. And your foot. I also had ankle surgery three and a half months ago, and I'm still kind of hobbly.
1: Yeah, so K-wires um, are pretty common these days, actually. And in fact, another funny story. So I had my bunions done when I was like 20 or eight, 19, 20. Um, so bunions, if you don't know, are when you're the big toes, in my case, my big toe joints like pushed out, so you get a big lump on the side of your foot. It's quite painful, and you have to usually have surgery to correct it. And back in the day, I get, apparently they used to use K wires to like hold your f- toe into your foot. Oh, and, and that's what I have in there. So like when my podiatrist got my x-rays, he was like, oh, you have, you had major bunion surgery. And I was like, I thought I just had a pin in there. And he's like, no, you've got K wires. They're still there. And I was like, oh, that's weird. I didn't know that hmm. anyway. So now sometimes when you break a bone or if you break like a hand bone, which are quite small. What they do is they stick the wires down through the top of your hand, like where your first, where your big knuckle is, you know, where you punch people. Yeah. And they stick it down through into the bone and it holds the bone in together in place. While it heals. Like a skewer. It's like a bone skewer. Bone skewer.
0: That's what they used to call it. It's a bone kebab. Yeah. It's a bone kebab. Why do they call it a K-wire?
1: I don't know is it for it must, the k the k must stand for something kabob. i haven't looked it up i hope so that would be rect- like <laughs> it's a the kebab um and so they oh Kirschner. okay it's like uh tamahome says Kirshner wires or oh, k wires
0: it's named after the Or inventor.
1: pins hmm. are sterilized sharp and smooth stainless steel pins introduced in 1909 by martin Kirschner. The wires are now widely used in orthopedics mm. and other types of medical and veterinary surgery. Oh,
0: good. Early 20th century technology still. working. <laughs> yeah. Love it.
1: And so they stick out. So the ones in my hand stuck out. And so I had a brace that went over the opening, like where they ejected from my mm-hmm. hand. Mm-hmm. And I had to be very careful not to get them caught on anything. If I was showering or doing mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, and so yesterday I went to the hospital and just they did not freeze or numb it at all. They just grabbed it with a couple of pliers and very gently but firmly pulled them out of my hand. So
0: they just popped and, them right out of your hand.
1: Oh, and they're like four inches long.
0: It's the K-pop.
1: Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I said, That was like the longest setup of all time you how long did you realize you were going to say that for like Since at what point the in the, the very are you serious yeah when you
0: first said k-wire
1: oh my god that's amazing <laughs> so anyway um yeah and they were like it's not gonna hurt and then everyone was like it's not gonna hurt and uh-huh. then i was like oh that hurt that did not feel good <laughs> you that all lied. Did not i did not enjoy that it felt weird like the first one felt weird the second one definitely did not feel good
0: oh yeah
1: so um so that's my story And now I've got two little holes in my hand and they'll heal up and they feel fine. And I'm just on T land now.
0: Make spider silk.
1: They did not. Oh, like,
0: yeah. Like, I didn't actually
1: ask them to inject me with anything Mm. like that radioactive radioactive radioactive
0: spider crawl in there and bite you, I guess.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you want to do that. Um, so yeah, so now I'm just on the practice of moving my fingers and I've, I'm getting a little more movement every day. And we'll see how it goes. Fingers well, crossed, <laughs> or not? Just kidding, because I can't do that right now.
0: We uh, Turb Kristen literally there in solidarity, having lost a k wire or absorbed it possibly into so her So the own fact body. that
1: that happened is even more confusing uh-huh. because, like, it must have been very loose inside her hand yeah. to like for that to happen. Because mine were quite stuck in there, but they were at the end. I was able to turn them on my own. So I could rotate them, Oh, really? which was also a very strange feeling, like not on purpose, but like they were rotating. Mm -hmm. So I can I can see how maybe in your sleep or if it got stuck on something and you weren't bandaged properly or. Yeah, who knows? I feel like I would have noticed.
0: Uh, Well, big thank you to Felicia Day for joining us on the last episode.
1: (laughs) Hard subject change. Hard subject (laughs) change. (laughs) Just like what?
0: Uh, was that see, now it's, it's a all problem. good. I was done. I now, was done. I yeah.
1: was, I was just laughing. Because it was really funny. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that's, that's a news transition, right? The camera mm-hmm. changes to a single on the anchor and they say, well, and they go into the next story. Uh, yep. Sean looky look who we credited on during the interview with Felicia, uh, wrote in and said, does this make me Felicia's agent or a sword and laser producer? Anyway, If you're looking for more content from her, she's mostly on Discord, discord.gg slash Felicia Day, and Twitch, twitch.tv slash Felicia Day. She also has a monthly book club with Vaginal Fantasy co-host Bonnie Burton. We mentioned that in the show as well. Uh, But they read all types of books now, from biographies to RPG lit. If you're looking for yet another book to read each month, they mostly talk about their ailments there, too. Hey, look. We're, we're we're right on theme. As to female chosen ones, you'll probably find a bunch in the VagFan bookshelf.
1: That's amazing.
0: And he has a link to that as well.
1: Yeah. And Andrew also said, uh, please do more author interviews. The episode with Felicia Day was awesome. One of my favorite episodes. Or just have more of your podcast <laughs> friends on your patron which means you have to do it mm. andrew <laughs> the,
0: the thing is uh fair, felicia is fair. is so easy to podcast with you just talk and it's awesome uh it's yeah. hard hard to find other people who are as awesome as as she is but they are th- they are out there and we've had many of them on the show before so um so yeah good good reminder thank you andrew
1: yeah, I know we've we we need to be better about um, coordinating things like that. It's hard. We we've just barely gotten to the point where we're able to coordinate ourselves. Yeah, that's and true. So we'll <laughs> we'll have to find a way to to make that happen. Um, and then we had a post uh, on Discord actually in our new uh, Barrier Sword channel uh, from Coyote Brown who said library. Then I love what I loved about this thread is that there was no body text to this subject. It was just a statement, and then it felt very much like discuss. So Coyote Brown says, libraries don't need to let you take the book home to be considered a library.
0: Right, because we... Discuss. Because I was mentioning the library that I saw in Seoul in a mall that didn't let you take the books out, and Veronica was like, well, is it really a library then? Mm. And uh, yeah, there was a lot of discussion about the fact that library didn't originally refer to the borrowing of books it was just the collecting of books hence like the place. name lending library for to distinguish uh, a library that let you borrow the books from just a library which is a term for a collection of books and a I public see. library means the public can come in there are private libraries where you're not allowed to go in because it's in someone's house and it would be trespassing
1: true true okay all right, all right. Yeah, yeah, I buy I buy that. I lend that. Yeah? I you'll don't ch- lend you'll, that. You'll check that out? I'll read read that sitting in a comfy spot and then not take it home with me.
0: Your opinion on that is overdue?
1: <laughs> I was at the library the other day. Lending library? Julian public library? What kind at of? At a library? public library. Hmm. And they had little pens with little pieces of paper um, at the front desk. And Julian tried to grab them because he wanted to play with them, to color with them. Uh-huh and i said ha ha and the the librarian there was like probably like 10 years older than me and i was like ha remember when we used to have these at the card catalog so we could write down the the number for the on the dewey decimal system for the book that we wanted to find and she was like ha no one said that to me in so long really i thought i <laughs> yeah.
0: i thought the story was going to go one way or the other either the way it went or uh those are what those are
1: for <laughs> they were not they were not they do not have a card catalog there no i think it was more like maybe the librarians would look it up and tell you what aisle it was in and you could write it down or something i have no idea
0: note to self
1: (laughs) yeah it's crazy like i just like the library but you just put them on the checkout counter now and it just like uses like nfc to like scan it you can put like Eight books on the counter, and it'll be like
0: here you go,
1: and like they'll all show up, and you scan your card, and you walk out.
0: No more stamps. Put all the stamp makers out of work.
1: It's incredible. No more inks. No more cards.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's
1: kind of it's kind of sad. I kind of miss the cards. I actually love
0: the little pencils. Yeah, little golf pencils, little
1: mini golf pencils. All right. Um should we do uh, our book discussion? Do you have anything else you wanted to add?
0: No, that's good. Well, let's let's get right to the um oh man, really What's it bugged me out of my I was going to say let's get right to the book kickoff of this month's book pick and as I was doing that Uh, I realized that Safari logged me out of Patreon so I couldn't cheat and look at my book (laughs) briefing for, and I'm back in now. The Library at Mount Char by Scott Hawkins is our October pick. (laughs) <laughs> I forgot I wrote this. I wrote this a few weeks ago. Uh, at the time, people were still talking about the Roman Empire. Um, I, and I wrote, I assume that's what inspired Veronica to ignore all of people's suggestions and dictate that our October book read would be The Library at Mount Jar by Scott Hawkins. I found it a regal, almost Caesarian move. <laughs> I I don't remember half of what I do. Uh, So yeah, you picked Library of Mount Jar by Scott Hawkins. It is Scott Hawkins' first novel, published in 2016. Wow. Hawkins was born in Idaho, grew up in South Carolina, has a degree in computer science. Uh, Jobs were largely having to do with Unix and Linux. Uh, He has worked in dog rescue, has had as many as 12 dogs at a time at certain points in his life. Mm. Um, And in the book... A typical American named Carolyn, who likes guacamole, cigarettes, and steak, uh, was taken to the library by Father, but he's now missing and might be God. Yeah. That's book 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 jacket copy right there.
1: This book is, yeah, that's accurate. Although I don't think she liked cigarettes when she initially met Father.
0: Mm, Yeah, I'm not sure exactly when we find out she likes cigarettes.
1: Or steak. I do. (laughs) Because I'm almost done. Oh, I finished Um, it. This book oh, is you did.
0: dark. It, it's dark. It, you should dark. absolutely look up all the trigger warnings because there are many. It's uh, all of them. You might find that it hasn't <laughs> has ticked off all of them. Uh, but if if you're cool with all of those things that it has in it, it's good.
1: It's really good. It's it's riveting. Mm-hmm. I'm riveted. Um I am. I am definitely sucked in. I am doing chores. I am taking walks. Yes. I am audiobooking, going for drives.
0: I stayed um, awake. That never happens. Whoa. Like I couldn't fall asleep listening to this one. Not because it was scary or anything. Uh, although in some places it is, but that's not yeah. why. I was just into it.
1: It's not. I wouldn't say. In in okay, so I'm having very uh, deep Nosferatu like. Flashbacks because I am listening to the, the book, audiobook
0: Nosferatu. Yeah. We, yeah, yeah,
1: yes, by Joe Hill. Um, I'm listening to the audiobook for this novel, and the narrator to me sounds very similar to Kate Mulgrew, mm-hmm. um, from the Nosferatu audiobook as yeah, well. There's,
0: there's definitely a vibe there that's, con- that's yeah, similar.
1: and so that kind of like triggered me in a weird way, um, and so. I got the impression that the book was was quite scary right away. Um it's not, I wouldn't say I wouldn't call it scary anymore. I would call it it's got disturbing moments and disturbing, disturbing imagery. Yeah, that's a good one. It's um there's definitely a few moments where I was like, oh, uh, really? Oh man. Oh no, come on. But there's also a lot of stuff that's quite funny, yeah, and quite like interesting and and thought provoking, and and I didn't you know, find
0: that it surprising. lingered in those. It does
1: not. Those it places, not. so mm-hmm.
0: it didn't. It wasn't like oh my god, do I need to fast forward? I never felt that even at its yeah bad points.
1: I think it's the most lingering points. thing is probably the uh, the. uh. Uh, the cookout, (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm
0: -hmm.
1: not the first cookout, the second cookout. Mm -hmm. Yep. um, Was probably the most lingering one. Um, But otherwise, yeah, I I'm quite riveted. Very, very cool book. Um, I didn't realize, I think that it was his first novel. So that's impressive to me. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I agree with Tom definitely look up the trigger warnings, but I wholeheartedly agree with him. I don't think they are, they're they're not overwrought, they're not um lingering, as he said. They mm-hmm. he he moves on quite quickly past them. Um, but again, if that's something that you can't tolerate yeah, yeah. I mean, to any degree, like yeah, yeah of we understand. Um so yeah, that's it's I'm I'm quite fascinated by this novel, I have to say. I understand. Why people have given it such high marks, and I also understand why people like Felicia were like, "Oh yeah, that book messed me up." <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, no, so, no doubt. Uh, you are not yet finished, correct?
1: I'm like seventy five percent of the way through. Yeah.
0: So you don't know why it's called the Library of Mount Char. I do not. I will. Um, this is not really a spoiler, but if you want to know zero, just hold your ears for a second. You don't find out until almost the very end of the book.
1: Oh, wow. Interesting.
0: And it's not what you think.
1: Okay. Mm -hmm. All right.
0: Let's uh, wrap up China Mountain Zhang by Maureen F. McHugh. Uh, Think back. Those of you who read it a (laughs) while ago.
1: (laughs) (laughs) When I was looking at the rundown tonight, I was like, oh no.
0: (laughs) Uh, We've spoken a lot, but we're going to speak entirely spoilery now. Um, mm-hmm. we did not, we did not do that last time. Right. We weren't, we
1: weren't, no, we spoilery. did not. No. Okay. No, no,
0: no. So we, we get to be spoilery I, and I'll be honest, I'm not sure that I have that much to add. That is spoilery. Uh, cause I, I, we were able to discuss this very deeply without getting spoilery because a lot of what's appealing about this book to me anyway, is the ability of Maureen F. McHugh to write a novel that reads as contemporary as it does. Uh, yeah. uh, even though she wrote it in, in 1992. Um, but there, there, are some, some things we couldn't talk about before. So you, you found a couple of good discussions of it.
1: Yeah. Calvi said, um, I don't know what to think of the book. It was a quick, easy read. I'm bummed. I paid for it. <laughs> couldn't get it at the library. I'll be honest. I like mosaic novels. So I just learned that is what we call them. So I did learn something. Uh, Zhang grew up as a character throughout the story. I liked him best at the poll. I still can't draw a line on how he ended up a teacher. It made me think of the old line, those who can, can, those who can't teach. And no, I don't believe that, Calvi says. But I just didn't buy the, I'm a teacher. Uh, throughout the book, I kept thinking about what I was doing in 1992 when the book was written. I was studying poli-sci at UCLA. And yes, China was a topic and a threat in international relations, but all the rage was the Middle East and Islam. It kept crossing my mind that when she was writing this, I was studying the Middle East. I can't explain why it kept coming up in my head, a very odd feeling. I liked Martine, although I don't really why know why McHugh included that storyline. I will take a few days to write my review, but would like to hear others' thoughts. I will cross-post over on Discord as well. Yeah, so what do you think of the Martine storyline? Because that did occur to me as well. So Martine is the storyline up in Mars. There are a lot of throwbacks throwback discussions to the colony on Mars. Um, like, you know, the, the, uh, I'm forgetting the, the girl's name, the girl who has the, uh, the, the beautification of her face done on mm-hmm. her, who mm-hmm. goes to the colony meetings. Yeah, the meetings. girl he
0: date, he, that his boss tried to set him, the right, boss set daughter. him up with
1: yeah. initially. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, she was communicating with one of the other members of the commune um, that was up there with Martine. I think kind of the, the pain in the ass guy that was in the commune with Martine. Um, so there was that connection. And then, um, and then um, Zhang later also is doing the tutoring with Martine's partner. By then who, husband. Yeah. By then husband partner. Um, so that there was that connection, but, did we really need that storyline? I don't know. It was in. What do you I think? I
0: thought that story was going to cross more, uh, because yeah. I I liked how the other characters crossed into the into the mosaic stories, and so when when we did that story, I'm like, okay, I wonder where this is going to cross in, and then he was taking the tutoring, and I'm like, oh, here yeah, we're going to go. Oh, here we go. Right. And then there's a later reference where uh, where Zhang says oh yeah, I, I've, I've been tutoring this guy up on Mars and I'm like, oh, okay. And so the shoe's about to drop and then there was no shoe. Uh, it was, they, yeah. they were walking around barefoot because there was no other connection. So that's my own expectation that I brought into the book. Uh, it's not something that McHugh obviously intended uh, to do. I, I was misinterpreting it. However, right. it does make it does make me rewind and go, OK, so was that just to show this is the future? Was it to show that an, another perspective on the U.S. because China's China is the central power of the planet, but it doesn't rule the U.S. It just in, heavily influences it. And so Mars is just kind of another triangulation on China's power that way where we find mm-hmm. out like oh they're so far away they can get away with certain things but there's certain things they still can't. Uh so maybe it was just maybe it was just that.
1: Yeah, maybe. I don't know. That's I I I was kind of hoping that there would be more Martin later down the line. Um Yeah. but it was it was not to be, though I and I I actually found that story extremely interesting. Me too. Um oh, I'm that's, so that's enough to on.
0: justify it is to just be like, here, here's a counterpoint. So you're not just zhang 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 all the way through. Yeah, it's, you know, paces that paces it out.
1: Yeah, because it was kind of like every story, every every mosaic story had like one chapter. Um and then there were tie-ins later down the, yeah. down the down the line. so like that was very
0: elegantly done
1: angel on on the the other glider um, gliding glider pilot, um like she was only one story, but the the side characters that she encountered became more yep. integral to the main storyline later um, and that kind of thing. so that that interweaving was was pretty neat. I liked that. Um and it was nice to get a little break from from the main story and to hear some yeah. other perspectives and and get some more fully fleshed out world building. I think the world building was was really well done, was pretty incredible. Um we talked about this a little bit in the last episode of just McHugh's ability to to speak in this completely different voice uh, separate from her own reality um which I found quite quite impressive and and admirable. Um So overall I I liked it and I appreciated it. It wasn't like my favorite book that we've read this year, but I I I feel like I got a lot to talk about out of it. Yeah. And I had fun reading it.
0: Yeah. I and I agreed with Calvi that the the high point for Zhang is when he's at the pole, because I think that's Mm. the high point of his life. Um we don't see his entire life.
1: It's interesting that you say that because he fe- I feel like he really suffered through that experience.
0: Well, when I say high point, I don't mean he's having the most fun. I mm-hmm. mean, that is the point where he grows and becomes who he is, right? It's yeah, the, okay. the high point of his arc, not high point as in his most positive times, but mm-hmm. it forms him. And everything he does after that, if you notice— Everything before that is like I don't know what to do with my life. I don't know what to do with my life. Everything after that is ah, that reminds me of something I learned at the pole. Oh, that's something else I learned in the pole. Mm, so oh, uh, good, maybe good instead to, of yeah. high point, I should say it's the central point of his mm-hmm. life. It's it's where he was formed into the person that he would be. It's definitely um,
1: his main character moment.
0: Yeah. yeah. Now, I would like to hear from any teachers in the audience regarding Calvi's question about how he ended up as a teacher because what I took away from it was that McHugh was saying, Hey uh, people who become teachers aren't all called to the vocation because of a desperate need to teach. Many of them are many of the best ones are, but there's a lot of people teaching in a lot of places who that's the job they could get. And they stumbled Mm -hmm. into it and maybe it was open and a friend said, Oh, you, you should do that for a while. Um, so I'm, I'm curious from actual teachers in the audience, uh, do you see maybe yourself or a colleague, uh, in that, or did you agree with Calvi? or were like, you know, no, I didn't buy it either. Y- there are people like that, but there wasn't enough there to convince me. I'm just curious.
1: Yeah. I got it more like he was, well, he wanted to stay in New York. So that was important to him. And I think it just, mm hmm.
0: I was thinking of friends of mine who taught community college in Austin, or were student te- or substitute teachers in the in the school system, uh, who very much were like, "It's a job I can get." They were not, yeah, you know, that's that's just. What, and there's a lot of teaching assistants that are in that situation of like, "Well, pays my tuition, mm. so that's what I'm going to do." So it reminded me of that. But those are none of those are direct analogs to this.
1: Yeah, I feel he really, he seemed to really like it. He seemed to really like to. Mm-hmm. He warmed to it. Yeah, he warmed to it. He shared, he liked sharing. He liked seeing which students were giving him feedback. And I also and thought a questions. lot more was going
0: to come of him like skating the line on ideology his first day. Mm,
1: mm. And you know what I liked that felt really true as well was the feeling of like, and I've had this when I've been speaking in front of large audiences or that kind of vibe where I'm giving like a presentation or a seminar or whatever, Um, that feeling of like, I don't know what I'm talking about right now. (laughs) They're going to know I don't know what I'm talking about. Oh, maybe I do know what I'm talking about. Oh, that was a really good point. Oh, actually, we're having a really good conversation right now. Oh, I am actually kind of good at this. It was like that progression Mm -hmm. of like that abject fear moving into like the comfort zone and then moving into like, oh, maybe this is something that's really fun. Maybe we're all getting something out of this. That's kind of how it felt to me. And, you know, perhaps I was projecting a little bit too.
0: No, I, I, well, if you were, I was too, because I I certainly, I certainly identified with that part.
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) Like I'm terrified. I don't know what's going on right now. Uh, let's talk about
0: Ricardo's thread, uh, waiting for that sun over the horizon. Uh, Ricardo writes, despite the lack of plot, Zhang's coming of age was oddly compelling, mostly because of the authentic world building. There are no Kim Stanley Robinson esque explainers on this far future technology, but light brushstrokes mixed into this slice of life. The tech might be a way to highlight how people in the future are connected, or not connected, as well as a way to differentiate between the dominant superpower and the rest of the world. What I appreciated the most was Zhang's history lecture. The idea that history is not linear is something I've always believed. No matter what time period you choose, no matter who's in charge or what system is dominant, you will find the same thing. People struggling with inequality, discrimination, isolation. It reminds me of the story of when my mother heard about Apollo 11 landing on the moon. It was out of a hand-cranked radio during a blackout in San Salvador because El Salvador was at war with Honduras. This incredible technological achievement happened, but my mother still had to worry about how to cook dinner for her baby son. I've always heard of this book, and now I'm glad to have read it. Thank you, Ricardo. I
1: bet that was really beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that. Yeah. And good pick, Tom. I feel like this was an unusual pick for us. It's I think Ruth also said it like I I, it wasn't a book that I felt particularly compelled to read, um, but that she was glad that she finally read it. Mm -hmm. I feel I feel that same way, too. Like it was like a I'm happy that I read it. I'm glad I read it. I don't think I ever would have picked it for myself. Yeah. Based on the description. But I'm I'm glad I did.
0: That's kind of the point of every pick of sword and laser, right?
1: <laughs> yes, yes. So I'm I'm No, glad. I look to deeply traumatize my audience. Well, that's my- Yeah, that's, and if you, that's, that's you can't do roll. that,
0: then your second yeah. goal is to deeply traumatize. <laughs> that's right.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that seems to be my, that seems to be the direction I've been going. And maybe this is very like tied into my own personal psyche uh, these days. Mm. Maybe I'm just trying to drag everyone down with me. Mm, I, I, I don't abyss. think you're alone
0: in that- psyche though i feel like a lot lot of people have that
1: cool turns out moving to canada doesn't solve all of your mental problems
0: no just some yeah
1: just some it's all good um thanks everybody uh that was a fun episode thank you for all the suggestions and comments and thank you especially to our patrons like andrew out there (laughs) Woohoo! Thank you for backing our show. If you want to help support us, you can head over to patreon.com slash swordandlaser.
0: You can also support the show by buying the book pick through our link. Uh, we got links to bookshop.org, amazon.com, and all kinds of stuff. And you can find a lot of our other favorites at swordandlaser.com slash picks.
1: Send us an email, feedback, at swordandlaser.com. We are on Instagram, X, and Mastodon at Laser. And you can join in on all the discussions at Goodreads.com or on our Discord. We'll see you next time. Adios. Adios.
0: This podcast is part of the Frog Pants Studios Network. For more information about this and other shows, visit frogpants.com.